Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I am Dr. Andrew Scaff. He is Dr. Michael Worman, Esquire. On today's season four premiere, uh, we'll be talking a little bit uh, more about the NFL off season and the coaching carousel. Uh, we'll go through all the new hires and and uh, all the new roles that everyone has in the uh, NFL. Uh, we'll also talk some about the Kansas City Royals planned downtown stadium now that they've selected a site. Uh, and maybe a little other, yeah, a little baseball and NFL news kind of sprinkled in throughout the episode. Uh, Mike, we are now a week and a half removed from the Chiefs' third Super Bowl win in the last four seasons. Uh, how have you found yourself now dealing with the absence of not having football uh, in in your you know weekly viewing time that you're all this extra time? What do you what are you what are you doing with it now? It's a little weird. Yeah, maybe it's is it maybe it's mock draft season. Yeah, uh, looking at the uh, the prospects or uh, just kind of seeing what teams are doing, what the uh, what the, maybe what the salary cap is going to look like, what free agents are going to be out there, which people are, teams are going to get, which players are going to get released, stuff like that. Uh, uh, maybe is interesting ish, or maybe just think about what, who the Chiefs are going to have next year. Um, are they going to yeah. franchise tag? Are they? Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, also the 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 uh parade uh was the the incident at the, at the parade that kind of marred uh the uh the victory kind of feeling uh was was also some, something of a downer but fortunately it seems like now that they've found the perpetrators uh responsible for it but um so it's been a it's been kind of a weird off um off season i guess beginning of the off season uh but uh, the Chiefs seem like they want to be want to run it back again as for a, a right. three peat, uh, which would be the first time in NFL history. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but uh, it'll, at least it seems like that's what something that Mahomes and company want to do. So, yeah, it's 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 sort of a boring period. You know, I guess you can think, well, there's spring football coming with the uh, UFL. Uh, I don't do you know when that starts? It's not till like late March, I think. Oh, I, th- I was thinking it starts a little a little later than than I thought it was going to start like it, immediately after the NFL season, but uh, yeah, I think it doesn't actually start until maybe the end of March even. Yeah, it looks like March thirtieth and thirty first is the opening weekend. Yeah, March thirtieth. You're excited about the uh, Birmingham Stallions against the Arlington Renegades. The St. Louis Battlehawks against the Michigan Panthers, the D.C. Defenders and the San Antonio Brahmas, and the Memphis Showboats and the Houston Roughnecks uh, are the eight teams uh, that are playing. Uh, So I I guess it might be interesting to see. I guess technically this would be the best spring league they've had for a while because it involves both the best, you would think, of the XFL and of the USFL recently. So, you know, maybe some of those guys... Maybe that can develop into a real kind of minor league, uh, yeah. which would be, which would be nice. Um, I don't know how much I would watch of it, but uh, did you watch was, games last year? I watched some, just that if I happen, like I said, I didn't have cable, so I just if it's if it happens to be on one of the streaming platforms and I'm not doing anything yeah. on Saturday or Sunday afternoon, I might turn it on. 
Um, it did not. It did not reach the uh, like appointment television. Uh, no, it's not as high even as college as kind of rate of college football is for me. But um, no, I. I, I would like I like the idea of it, uh, even if I don't always uh, watch it. And I'm sure the gambling community uh, will enjoy uh, it as well. But yeah, so I, yeah, it's, it's just it's just kind of a strange time uh, to be yeah. a football fan. It's it's the long it's you know several months until even training camp uh, begins. But this is the kind of it's, football it's, news anyway. Well, yeah, signings. Yeah. Yes. It's the hot stove uh, period for uh, the NFL. And this is one of the things that, you know, especially if you were, if you were a follower of a team that isn't very good or was eliminated from the playoffs early, you may have already started all this stuff a few weeks ago uh, with the coaching carousel and, and, and things like that as, as, as something to look forward to for next season. But um, maybe the chiefs are a little bit behind since they were, actually you know still playing in the game and and uh in the games and you know we're one of the few teams that seems like are keeping uh their coaching staff intact uh steve spagnola had a contract extension i think dave tobe had a contract extension as well mm-hmm. um and that was something they announced uh like on the stage at the uh parade at the uh rally after the parade was that Spagnolo signed a contract extension? I thought that was kind of funny. He is the only uh, defensive coordinator to have four Super Bowl rings, which was, I guess, usually you think, well, defensive coordinators, they usually get hired as head coaches if they have that many Super Bowl rings, but Spagnolo right. has only been hired once as a head coach. He didn't do very well, but it seems like he should be getting maybe offers where in other, you know, similarly uh you know unsuccessful first time coaches are getting offers again uh we'll talk about those those guys but yeah it seems like the chiefs uh assistants you know maybe i guess they're i guess they're too old so they don't they don't have any they're not the offers. exciting young hires but they yeah. but there have been you know several retreads uh hired in this cycle that had had initial experience that wasn't necessarily so great and uh but I, it has been mentioned i guess that spagnolo is Perhaps the you know in line for Andy Reid's position when he should choose to mm. retire. So maybe that Spagnuolo wants to hang around because he'll will eventually become the head coach again uh, without having to do anything besides just stay there. <laughs> so yeah. why not? I guess right as to you know rather than trying to like look for other jobs. Yeah, that's so, true. And I guess the Chiefs do have in in Matt Nagy another. Uh, coach, former head coach as their uh, offensive coordinator, and depending on you know what happens to Eric Bieniemy, whether he comes back in some sort of role for the Chiefs or moves on someplace else, um, it seems like he, we talked about before we went on the air. He he seems to have really got the short end of the stick uh, in terms of how Washington handled things, but for sure, because uh, yeah, because they did not release him when they let go of all the other coaches that they fired, but retained it yeah. through the hiring process. Well, they even interviewed him, I guess, for the head coach job, but they just didn't go with him, apparently. Well, they, they didn't, didn't go maintain any kind of uh, coaching, you know, 
transition from before? No. Yeah, I, I guess we don't know. Maybe he was offered the offensive coordinator position and didn't want to do it, maybe. I don't know if he was or not. It didn't seem like he was, but I don't, we don't know exactly what went on behind yeah, scenes, but, but, but he wasn't fired anyway when everyone no, he was, was fired. He was fired much later than Ron Rivera and, and all the other. Uh, yeah, they, they waited until after they hired who they hired to fire the enemy. Yeah. It didn't make sense to retain the enemy at that point, I think, because they perhaps chose a lesser candidate. Yeah, do you, do you, want, do you want to get, in, get into that? We can. So Washington hired Dan Quinn as their uh, coach. Uh, do you, you, I think uh, you think that was not a very good hire, Dr. Scaff. Probably the worst of all the hirings, I think, was is probably that one, yes. Because, yeah, Quinn has been a head coach before. Didn't go all that well, right? Yeah, well, he was he did make it to a Super Bowl with Atlanta, but then they blew that huge lead. Yeah. Uh and then then they kind of fell off uh you know the next few years and, and just got worse and worse after that. So maybe psychologically they were uh damaged uh somehow. But then he became the defensive coordinator in Dallas the last few years. And Dallas has had a good defense, but they haven't been like a spectacular defense. And it seems like they've just been a defense that relies on big plays. And if they get some big plays, they'll have a good game. But if they don't, they can allow a lot of points. And they, you know, just got rolled in the playoffs by uh, Green Bay, who's just scored, you know, scored at will, uh, scored almost 50 points on them in Dallas. So I don't Green see. Green Bay hadn't shown that kind of offense anywhere else. No. Yeah. And Washington, play. usually you don't want to hire the same kind of coach that your previous coach was, especially if your previous coach didn't really work out very well. Yeah. And so Ron Rivera was a former defensive coordinator, a, co a, a coach uh, who was hired from after he got fired at Carolina. Uh, he had more success, prob probably at least longer term success at Carolina than Quinn had in Atlanta. Uh, but it's like, you know, another defensive coordinator retread, especially when we want to be, you know, we're going to be draft. You know, Washington's looking to draft a quarterback. You know, you think they probably want an offensive, they should want an offensive minded head coach. Uh, that seems yeah. to be the way that the league is going. Or if you're not going to do that, well, maybe there's, you know, success, but more successful former head coaches out there like Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick, who could be, you know, good in that position. I would say better than Dan Quinn, uh, who were not. Well especially when you're trying to like establish a culture of some kind and they don't really have that now. I mean, they've had to replace the owner. They just now replaced essentially the entire coaching staff and the GM uh, all in one fell swoop. So it, yeah. uh, you know, seems like it's time for a complete overhaul of the system and maybe bring in the best guy you can. And it seems like they're just sort of doing the same thing again. And then, treating the enemy very poorly, not allowing him to interview for other coaching positions <laughs> and then letting him go after all the positions have been hired. So it's, yeah, really unfortunate for the enemy. Yeah. And then, and then it seems like maybe the commanders, who knows if they're going to be the commanders for much longer, or are they going to change that have to change their names uh, again or want to change it? Cause it seems like it's unpopular, they're unpopular in Washington. They also have a bad um, stadium situation. It seems like they're probably, they probably have the, one of the worst stadiums in the NFL, at least in terms of, and the location uh, of the stadium, I don't think is very well liked either. Even no, it's in it's in 
on the Maryland side, but it's not. Yeah. yeah it was, when it was built, it was pretty, it was uh, pretty, it was seen as pretty state of the art, but then it, it really went downhill fast and it hasn't been renovated. Uh, okay. So it's just not a great situation in Washington. It seems like they are, I don't know. I don't know why they did the things the way they did, but I would, yeah, I, I'm somewhat in agreement. I don't, know if it's the worst hire uh but it might it definitely it's i, I yeah I, I i thought it was i thought it wasn't a very good hire for dan quinn i don't know he must have he must have some sort of charisma uh that or is as the uh, kids uh say that right. came across but um he was one of a few retreads that was uh brought back uh atlanta hired Raheem Morris, uh, former, this was several years ago, Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach, also who had, who replaced Dan Quinn as the interim head coach in Atlanta uh, following Dan Quinn's departure. So we have two of those 2020 Atlanta Falcons uh, coaches who I think they had a combined four and 12 season are both head coaches now in the National Football League. Uh, so I don't know what why uh, um, that's the case, but uh, Raheem Morris brought back. He was defensive coordinator for the Rams most recently. Um, but he also, as we were talking about, he had also been an offensive assistant coach uh, at one point as well. So he has maybe, maybe so I like the Raheem Morris hire more than I like the Dan Quinn hire, that's for sure. But yeah. Atlanta seemed like they were interviewing Bill Belichick uh, quite a, you know, they had two or at least two interviews with him. You know, it seems like that maybe would have been a, a good hire uh, just to, I don't know, you know, if you want to write the ship at least temporarily and put somebody in there that knows really, you know, knows what they're doing. Um, you know, he wore out his welcome in, in uh, New England, but that doesn't mean he doesn't know how to coach anymore. Yeah, so Andy Reid had some bad seasons at the end, at the very end of his Philadelphia tenure, and he came in and did just fine. Immediately, too, it wasn't like yeah, he took a couple years off or went into the booth somewhere as an analyst for a few years and then came back. No, it was like immediately after. Yeah, he turned like a two and fourteen team into a playoff team like in one year, and uh, yeah, I don't, I yeah, so I don't, but yeah, I think Morris is a better hire than Dan Quinn, that's for sure. But I don't, I don't yeah. know. It's a little, it's interesting that some, maybe the best, two of the best candidates, well, because I guess you also have Pete Carroll out there, but he was maybe a little, he's a little older than. Uh, yeah, I think he's still under some kind of contract with Seattle. I don't think he wasn't actually fired. He just well, is like taking a different role inside the organization. So he, he may not be able to interview outside the organization, perhaps, depending on what yeah. he has. But yeah, I I think Vrabel was would have been a Vrabel, good Belichick. They were higher. Did you did he, you hear that there was a story I guess recently about the about Andy Reid that like the Chiefs GM like intercepted him on the way to another interview. Yeah, he was going to Arizona, and I think Clark Hunt, um, the Chiefs owner, yes. and supposedly lured him in before he could go to. <laughs> Get interview with the Cardinals, so that was fortunate for the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah that's that's pretty hardcore, though. Like, yeah, uh, intercepting a guy on his way to an interview, 
to lure him away. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to talk about, uh, did you see the article about where somebody, some like staffer from one of the NFL teams said that Vrabel wasn't hired because he was too big? Did you see, did you hear that? I did he was not hear too, that. That's he was too funny. physically, maybe too physically intimidating for certain uh, like, like front office people. Really? Uh, they, they wouldn't feel comfortable around him because he's a, a big looming figure. Uh, and they were more comfortable with a smaller uh, head coach, uh, uh, and that so maybe it was Vrabel's physically imposing size that um, that that doomed him. That is that sizest. Is that going to be a new? Yeah, I, it's it's a little. Uh, I can't remember where that article came from, but um, but he was maybe too big to be a. Uh, if Vrabel's two six foot four, two sixty one. Uh, I would say that's and, normal size, Mike. That's a that's just a regular guy sized. Yeah, uh, it says one guy says the main reason Vrabel is still currently out of a job is, uh, is well, it's just, it's his size, but he still thinks that maybe he was too, uh, he was too big. But um, that's funny. Yeah, um, there are. I guess you know Andy Reid's a big guy too, but there are some like, but like Bill Belichick's not a big guy. Uh, he didn't get a job, but I think a lot of the a lot of the younger, like first time coaches, I think are not uh, maybe as big, but um, but some of them are former players. Antonio Pierce is a former linebacker for the Raiders. He so do you think do you think it was good that the Raiders kept Pierce? I think so. It seemed like that, like it, they probably felt like they missed out or ch- made the wrong choice when they didn't keep their previous interim. Yeah, Rich Passaccia. They they decided to get your fa- your favorite uh, Josh McDaniels as as the head coach. I still don't understand why. They did. <laughs> it still still doesn't sit right like the the whole like just choosing him to be the head coach anyway it's insane yeah they played out exactly how you should have expected it to and and maybe it was actually that game against the chiefs or the with the raiders won uh in kansas city maybe that sealed the deal for pierce on christmas Day. yeah the the raiders got those two uh return touchdowns in yeah, within Quick within yes. twenty seconds of each other, um, a pick six and a fumble in re- a in a fumble recovery six, uh, and I think Pierce earlier today or a couple days ago, uh, so that he he has a certain a secret to to maybe beating Patrick Mahomes, and it was to treat Patrick Mahomes, uh, the way that Michael Jordan was treated by the Detroit bad boy uh, Pistons, the so-called Jordan rules, where they would get under his fe- get, uh, ruffle his feathers, get under his skin by r- being kind of rough and tough with him and causing him to lose his cool, lose his focus. Um, do you think that's the recipe for success? Or was it simply that they got two defensive touchdowns within a minute of each other? Because they didn't even complete a pass in the second half of the <laughs> of that game the defense played pretty well but like yeah but the you know the offense their offense did did virtually nothing against the chiefs i think yeah one big play but yeah i don't know i i mean i think you know the raiders need to have some kind of you know culture and you know instilled in the in the franchise anyway and it seems like he's seems to have something the it's a bit 
violent i think for the rhetoric that he tends to use even with the media outside the outside the locker room which is can be a little concerning i think so that uh you know the league is trying to move away from this like you know pure violence aspect of football and it seems like he's kind of bringing that back and well, i don't know, yeah, I, don't know that, I don't know the league is going to be terribly happy with with how he talks about dealing with issues like this well, Dan, I guess Dan Campbell in, in Detroit has been pretty popular with with his kind of over the top, uh, you know, was it bite him in the knees or something? What was I can't remember what exactly. Yes, bite, bite, bite their kneecaps. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but uh, Pierce isn't isn't the only uh, AFC, new AFC West coach. Uh, they also have the Chargers, of course. Probably maybe the probably the splashiest hire was Jim Jim Harbaugh taking him out of Michigan. Uh, and back into the NFL, uh, do you think the Harbaugh hire was the best hire of the uh, uh, of the eight? I think when is the worst. So I don't know that it's the. I don't think it's anywhere close to the best job because I think they have a giant mess they have to clean up there. Like they're like way over the cap. They've got and, and the Raiders took took the uh, Telesco the GM. Uh, and but I guess Telesco wasn't maybe the problem. It was the problem was the underachieving coaching. They always had a good roster in, in uh, yeah in Los Angeles. But um, yeah, hard. So yeah, they have like I think they're like fifty or sixty million dollars over the cap, and they yeah. So um, I think I think they made the right choice in hiring him. I thought maybe they would take Bell. I thought maybe Belichick would be the one to go there because he might be able to fix some of the financial issues too because he has the GM experience at least anyway too. So, but. Probably the best hire, but not necessarily the best job available. They're sec. They're still second fiddle, even in their own city, right? Even in a city that doesn't really care that much about football. Yeah. Um they do have a but... new car, so it's not like they have old facilities like some other teams have. So yeah, they're finally get. I guess they're finally getting a new practice facility yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's a you know, Justin Herbert attractive starting quarterback. Harbaugh, of course, was a quarterback in the NFL. But uh, best quarterback of a team that had a coaching vacancy, though, in Herbert, I think. You agree with that? Yeah, definitely. These other all basically all of the other jobs have either well, no quarterback or very, very weak quarterback positions. Yeah, so Atlanta, we don't it's Desmond Ritter or who knows. Uh Carolina the hired Dave Canales is Bryce Young, the the pocket passer, as we call him uh, here, yes. on the pocket-sized passer. You know, none of us have pockets in our our shirts today, so I do. Well, maybe you do down low. Yeah, yeah. below the screen. You have, a, you have a zip on your. You have a zip on your. On well, your I, do. Arm. I don't know. If, I don't know if Bryce Harper would fit in. Or, uh, Bryce uh, Young would fit inside this oddly shaped pocket, though. Pocket, no. Um, the Raiders, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Jimmy Garoppolo, did you see that he got uh, suspended for two games for violating the performance-enhancing drug policy, which I guess he was taking something with a prescription that he was not authorized to? Yeah. So it was probably just like allergy medicine or something, but it, it makes it yeah. seem like it was um, something really serious. Um, yeah, it was only two probably... games, so it can't be that serious. If it was, If it was really serious, it didn't like half a season or more <laughs> right like if, if it was like a yeah it would have been it would have been much longer if it was if it was like a designer steroid that he yeah. was like trying to evade detection 
then maybe it was they would have hit him for a half a season probably. So maybe it was Botox or something because he's he's a he's the, he's a handsome uh, quarterback. Maybe he was getting some uh, uh, little touch up here and there. Yeah, yeah, for his <laughs> matinee idol looks. But yeah, like the other, all the other coaches, like yeah, the Patriots. It's like I think the Patriots want to get rid of Mac Jones and, and draft somebody. Uh, the Seahawks. I guess they have Geno Smith. He's probably the second best of the quarterbacks. Yeah. Titans have, I guess, Will Levis, but we don't really know if he's going to be franchised. And then Washington, they're looking for somebody. So it's and that's why they brought in Cliff Kingsbury to be the offensive coordinator. Uh, maybe bring in Caleb Williams because Cliff Kingsbury knew Caleb Williams at USC this past year. And he had also, of course, coached Patrick Mahomes, but was not successful in coaching Patrick Mahomes in terms of. But who, who did they have already that they already had under contract that did have success coaching <laughs> in, in, in the NFL? Derek Bietamy, yeah. Um, makes no None of that makes any sense. It was, yeah, I think no. it's a stick down at OC from where they but already. Also, the, we talk about the Chargers job being tough because it's, it's, in a, it's in a division where you already have Mahomes. And, um, you know, you have Russell Wilson and in, in well, he might he might be possibly on his way out, but yeah, maybe not though. I don't the way that the way that the that the deal with Russell Wilson came out. It has to be. It's more about contract than anything else. I don't I don't know that he's necessarily on his way out. They've said that, but mm-hmm. I don't. It yeah. doesn't. It, some of it doesn't make sense though either. So well, Sean Payton's a really good coach too. So like he's so I would say Pierce is the odd is the. One is the only coach that's kind of an unknown quantity, the only one who's not either won a national championship or a Super Bowl title. Um, and everybody just missed the Super Bowl. Yeah. In the NFL, even though he spent most of his most of his coaching career has been in college ranks. Still, right? Yeah, yeah. He was yeah, he he was good with the 49ers for the few years that he ran that organization. Um yeah, um, I don't know. These other other coaches. It seems like most of the other ones that we haven't mentioned yet were are like young coordinators who got jobs. Dave Canales in Carolina. Um, Where was he before? He was at Tampa. He was Tampa's offensive coordinator. So I guess he helped rejuvenate Baker Mayfield this past year. So maybe that's something. Hmm. Um, Brian Callahan, the uh, New Titans coach was the Bengals offensive coordinator. And the Bengals, of course, have had success, but they've also had uh, very good offensive talent, which they don't really have in Tennessee. Uh, they don't have... You know, and the legacy, too, right? And Jamar Chase. Yeah, Brian Callahan is also a legacy. Uh, his father, Bill Callahan, was the former um, Oakland Raiders coach and... Which is your favorite? Your favorite uh, coaching method to uh, success is via lineage. Yeah, there was. Um, where was the shoe? Where was uh, Chris Shula hired? Was he in? Oh, he's uh, an OC, right? Oh, he's the defense. He's the new. He's the new defensive coordinator for the Rams. So ah. he is. He is a legacy of a legacy. Yes, a double legacy. Yes, uh, and. So like when when Raheem Morris left, uh, Chris Shula, who was the grandson of Don Shula and and uh, son of David or Mike Shula, one of the, one of the Shula sons who was not yes, whichever but, Shula. 
Yeah, it seems like the, the sons are usually worse than the fathers are. But I guess Kyle Shanahan's been a pretty good coach when when Mike Shanahan, but it seems it seems, you know, it's not quite the Paul Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett uh situation. Uh but um what about yeah, the, Schott but, the Schottenheimers? Yeah, Brian and Kurt and I think there's another Schottenheimer now too. I mean it's another maybe it's maybe it's also Brian. Uh, um but yeah, the pay, so we didn't mention uh, Mike McDonald, the the Ravens defensive coordinator, went to Seattle. So they got they exchanged a defensive coach for another defensive coach, and then we have Gerard Mayo in New England, another young defensive coach who sort of groomed to be the successor of of Belichick, who they actually hired like the day after Belichick got canned. So. Um, it seems like they're half one, like they're they're sort of half retread, half new hire. Do you have yeah? So you think Harbaugh is the best of those? I think players? so. Yeah. Which of those teams do you think will be the will? If 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 any, do you think any of these teams will be playoff teams next year? I mean, just by odds, at least one of them probably will be right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, which of these teams yeah, who's in the weakest division? I'd say it's either Atlanta or Carolina, they're in the NFC South. Yeah. Could... Yeah, because Washington, I mean, they have the most chance to start over. So like you probably don't expect much from them this year. Maybe even next year. Right. The Seahawks were you met, we're a borderline bubble playoff team this year. year. Playoffs team, last yeah. year. The Patriots are in a tough division, and seemingly still on the downslope, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, the Chargers. I mean, you probably expect a lot from the Chargers. But the division is very tough. Yeah, and so, and you don't know, like, I mean. They seem like they've had you know a lot of wide receiver injuries, and that and that's really you know, you know hurt Herbert's ability to be effective all season. And he's they'll probably have to get rid pretty of pretty healthy for his career. So like you know, is he going to be able to stay healthy all the time? Because like sometimes the like, guys don't get injured for years, and then they start getting injured, and then they don't stop getting injured. So yeah, I wonder if that's one of the paths that's possible for him. So that well, could yeah, and... change a lot. Just depending on, you know, his health day to day, and I think Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are two of the biggest cap problems that the Chargers have. So they might have to get rid of both of those players, and then beyond them, they don't have a lot of great wide receiver offensive options. Austin Eckler is probably leaving as well. Uh, what do they do with um, Joey Bosa? What do they do with some of the other players? I think so. It's it's who's also hurt a lot. Uh, yeah. So, they, I mean, they have a lot of rebuilding to do outside of yeah. just performance on the field. I, I tend to think Atlanta, if they get a quarterback, is because I think the NFC South is not, proved itself is not to be very good, and Atlanta was at least sort of in the playoff hunt most of the year last year. But they finished like seven, I think they finished seven and, nine, seven and ten or eight and nine. Um, yeah. I think maybe 
you know, Atlanta might be a landing spot for Justin Fields if the Bears decide to take a quarterback. Or maybe he's a landing spot for Kirk Cousins if Cousins decides to leave. So I, they aren't going to be able to draft one of the top ones because they're kind of in the middle of the of, of the pack. But um, I, even though I'm not I'm not in love with the Raheem Morris hire, yeah. I think that that might be the weakest, the the most exploitable uh, spot to get to, to become a playoff team. I don't think. Um, what about Carolina? Same division. They've had a quarterback now for a full. He's got a full season under his belt. He is a number one pick, so he's not like a, uh, you know, a long shot guy like you know Desmond Ritter or something as being a, mm-hmm. a competent starter. But they were so bad last year, I guess. So but it's also, but maybe you say, well, you know, the Jaguars were also so bad when they had Urban Meyer, and they also had Trevor Lawrence as the number one pick. But I think Trevor Lawrence has all the like the prototypical kind of tools and size of a number one draft pick where I think everybody kind of agrees now that Bryce Young was the quarterback that should not have been picked number one. It should have been CJ Stroud. Uh, and uh, who was also the one we advocated for as, as having the, being the most NFL ready of mm. uh, the first round quarterbacks uh, given our keen scouting eye uh Basically, we I think it's just because we knew Bryce Bryce Young was too small. He was getting at best he's a Kyler Murray, I think, and I'm not sure he's as dynamic even as Kyler Murray. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, but but who's who do you think is on which coach in the NFL is maybe the most on the hot seat for this coming season? Probably not any of the new guys. No. So. Do you think there's one particular coach that's really going to be watched very closely as the season goes on? I I think maybe Eberflus in Chicago yeah. would be a, a choice. Or or maybe an interesting one would be Nick Sirianni in That's what I thought you were gonna say. Philadelphia, because <laughs> he got two new coordinators and nobody seems to like him. Uh so I I could see that as a kind of wild card. Yeah, it seemed um, like maybe he had coached himself out of a job, but then it seemed like both of his coordinators were axed instead, but he was retained. Yeah. So that was kind of an interesting way that played yeah. out, at least anyway, at the end of the year. Yeah, I was thinking maybe kind of traditionally it would be the Chicago Bears because, they, yeah. you know, if he, if Eberflus doesn't do very well next year where they have Caleb Williams, they're probably going to bring in somebody else who can coach the offense or or, or if they decide to keep, keep Justin Fields and that and that and that goes awry you know it's going to be Eberflus who's going to be the I could also see the Giants if Brian Dable has another bad year yeah because maybe that's when you bring in Bill Belichick because he has ties to the Giants yes um, he was almost their coach once Robert Sala I think is also maybe on the chopping block if uh, his team doesn't do so well because he, I think he was thought maybe to have be a coach that was on the hot seat much of the year, even though he didn't have Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Nathaniel Hackett, who's really a hack as an offensive coordinator, yeah. at least he is without uh Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, do you have do you have any other uh NFL hot seat coaches? Yeah, Sirianni, I think was the one that was probably the most. 
you know, on the hot seat. He was kind of in Brandon Staley's position at the end of the season, like having had a bad end of the year, a bad playoff appearance. Uh, yeah. And it's hard to not put most of the heat on him at that point anyway. Like it's, you, you can't really, there's not really a lot to just blame on someone else, especially when you're, you know, the head coach anyway. So like usually everything falls at your doorstep, no matter what, you know, is actually the situation. Like you're going to get blamed or praised for whatever happens over the course of the year. And especially if the season ends as badly as it did, then it's hard not to take the heat for that. So yeah, I think they're, but I, you know, I don't think, I mean, like, yeah, I don't think there's really that many other jobs that are like that questionable, I guess, anyway. No, I think, I think because most, it seems like a lot of the coaches from, the coaches from last year that were hired all seem to do at least a decent job um, and are going to probably give it at least another year. Yeah. Unless they just like go zero and seventeen or something this year, who knows? But yeah. um, I don't think they're going to make changes in Arizona or in Indianapolis or Houston or a lot of those places where they they just hired somebody last year. Uh, but yeah, I think in a lot of the teams, like you know Andy, you know you don't you don't have to worry about Andy. You know, the only way Andy Reid is going to be gone is if he decides to retire. Yeah. Uh, you're not getting rid of Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. You're not going to get rid of Shanahan. You're not going to get rid of McVay. It seems like a lot of the coaches are are pretty solid on solid ground right now. Dable, I think, is probably I'm not Dable. Uh, McDermott in Buffalo is probably fine as well. Though maybe you could see if they implode next year. You know, he was never quite able to get over the hump, and yeah. maybe they'll blame him. They're getting uh, close to like having cap issues, I think, too, with uh, Josh Allen's contract starting to balloon. Yeah. So they're going to be in a position in a couple of years where they may have to decide what they're going to do if they can't get over the hump. Yeah. But I think he's probably still safe for at least another year, I would think. I think LaFleur has coached his way into being one of the safest jobs. Maybe Mike McCarthy uh, in Dallas if they have another yep. bad year. Or not bad year, but another another kind of ignominious playoff exit or a bad or a down year. Um, and you never know what Jerry Jones is going to do. But um, that's true yeah. in any given year, really, right? But, It'll yeah. be an interesting. I I think though that uh, Jimmy Johnson has kind of been welcomed a little bit back into the fold, so maybe he will have more more uh, say in how the Cowboys are going to be run if he's uh allowed to maybe be a kind of a, a consultant or something like that because uh, i don't think he's gonna he's not gonna be coaching anymore but maybe he will have a little bit of a you know he has always had an eye for talent uh and developing uh good players so um maybe yeah i would like to see jimmy johnson on the, as a coach again I, I i enjoyed his antics and his uh, but he's he's probably I don't know how old is he seventy five probably now he's he's yeah. a little he's gone he's uh, very far removed from his last coaching job also yeah that's got to be at least twenty years isn't it at this point he's eighty he's eighty years old so he's not going to coach anymore yeah but he said but it but yeah, the other the thing is he's back in the fold twenty five years since his last coach head coaching job. Yeah, with a, a Miami. Yeah, nineteen ninety nine. It wasn't even in this century. 
No, he's he's. <laughs> but maybe he's he could, but he's still maybe able to maybe be an advisor in, in some ways uh, uh, yeah. for Dallas now. But um, sure. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see what see what happens with with uh, the new coaches and maybe what happens with the old coaches uh, next year. Um, do we want to move on and talk a little bit about baseball, or do we want to talk about the do we want to talk about the Chiefs at all, or do want, what what do we want to do next? Yeah, maybe maybe talk about Chiefs free agents, okay. maybe a little bit. Yeah, so the Chiefs are maybe have two their two biggest free agents are Jerry Sneed and. Chris Jones and probably both of them are going to want a lot of money. Uh, maybe you can franchise one of them, mm-hmm. but it's going to be thirty plus million dollars for Chris Jones, and who knows how many? I think eighteen million for Snead next year. Big for Snead. Yeah. Um, if you could only keep one of those players, which one would you keep? Well, it seems like they've already picked up Chris Jones' option, which allows them to franchise tag him. Uh. So it seems like, from what we've had indication of anyway from the team, it maybe he's the guy they're trying to sign in some capacity. He also made it very blatantly obvious on the uh, on the uh, Chiefs uh, parade rally stage that he was uh, planning on coming back and would be back. I don't know if his agent probably liked that. Statement. No, I doubt that. Yeah, but uh, you know the fans were very happy to hear that. So it sounds like he wants to come back. You would think that at the end of last uh, season's holdout, that he would have maybe already had a tentative deal in place as to what they're going to do at the end of the season. So m- maybe they already have something sort of worked out, at least you know back of the you know envelope sort of calculations as to what they're going to do. But uh, I would. It seems like that's it. I think maybe Sneed may be the one that they maybe should try their hardest to keep because he's been absolutely amazing last season at shutting down whichever team's wide receiver one uh, they faced. So, although McDuffie was also very solid, but yeah, it's like absolutely on lockdown. Yeah, this is hard. It's hard to say. I don't know which one I would. Like, you try to keep keep both of them if you can, but I think yeah. one of the things that, if, like, because the salary cap, you have to get rid of good players a lot of the time, and no, yeah. sometimes maybe getting losing a player a year too early rather than a year too late, um, and you know this might be a kind of year. Well, maybe you can't keep either uh, Jones or Snead, and while well, we have more money, maybe the money is going to go back to the offense and maybe it's going to be another team where it's more offense than defense uh, next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's maybe what the Chiefs are used to. I don't, I don't really know, you know, what, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a real conundrum. I, you know, cause I think Jones is going to get $30 million plus a year for the next three years, probably from somebody. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you necessarily want that to be the Chiefs or not because that really ties up ties them up for a lot of other uh, stuff. But Jones is the best, you know, and is is you know one of the best players at his position in the league and maybe a future Hall of Fame player. Um, Sneed, may I think the Chiefs have more depth at cornerback and mm. in the secondary than they do right now on the defensive line. So maybe that's especially with a many being injured 
Because I mean, he was yeah. kind of like a Chris Jones light because he could play inside defensive tackle some, and he could also play defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, but with with his knee injury, you can't do that next year, probably at least not until the end of the season. So I don't. Yeah, it's I. Yeah, I would. Hopefully, one of them will take a discount to stay in Kansas City. I would guess Jones is more likely to take a discount simply because he's already gotten some big paydays already. Sneed hasn't Sneed is a fourth round draft pick who hasn't gotten his big uh, contract yet. So I don't um, I would guess Sneed is probably more likely to go. But like like you said, he might be also just one that you might even want to keep ahead of Jones because he's younger and can be around for more years and really lock down the se- the secondary with McDuffie on the other side. Yeah. The one thing that, you know, the, as Chiefs fans that we really, you know, have going for us right now too, is that uh, Brett Veach has really shown to be very competent at figuring out how to piece all of these financial decisions together and, and mm-hmm. put competent players at nearly every position on the roster and stay under the budget as they've won championships. So this, you know, as a fan, we don't have to second guess every decision that's made that like many other franchises do. Yeah, you give you give uh, Veach and Andy Reid the benefit of the doubt for sure because it's done. They've done so well for um, the last several seasons. It's it's uh yeah and, but you wouldn't and through multiple methods though like not just through free agency but through the draft and from within and you know it's you know they've, mm-hmm. yeah done a great job keeping some kind of you know team intact but you know still finding ways to fill in roster spots as they yeah even in what we're seeing to be probably as down years or rebuilding years the chiefs won the super bowl the last two years uh and yeah. i would say the team was not maybe as good overall as it was even maybe three years ago when they with when we you know when Tyree Kill was on the on the offense. Um but the defense is has, has made up for it. Maybe 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 overall they're they're better one through fifty three than they were before, but they they don't have the star power as much maybe now at every position as they as uh they did yeah. when the offense was really clicking. And yeah. without without having the downfield threat on every yeah. because they don't really have that now. No, Hardman's is not consistent enough, neither is FVS, but they, they came up big in the playoffs. Yes. Well, so it's one of those things as well. You don't, you know, how, how much are the Chiefs uh dogging it in the regular season and just gonna turn it on the playoffs when you know, um, but maybe that's not a recipe you want to try every year. You, maybe it's sometimes you can't just turn it on when you want to turn it on. You have to Yeah. Well, it does seem like there's maybe one thing that you know they want they can't say that they have in their in, in, like in their uh you know history that they could go after you know some of these all-time teams by going for the undefeated season do mm-hmm. you think that's something that they're gonna may have other minds to try to do to kind of like put all these uh you know doubts or questions about them being a dynasty or being worthy of being part of a dynasty, I I think that they'll go for the three the three in a row. I think is is seen as the more achievable than the seventeen and zero. It also has but not been done. The they're all. I think they're they're they go hand in hand though. But yeah. I think you know the last team that went undefeated in the regular season was of course the 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 07 Patriots, and they didn't 
win the Super Bowl. Uh, so maybe I think maybe they're I don't know. I, I it seems like the Chiefs will probably be favored in most of the games that they play next year. So um, you hope that they could win. You know more games this more games than they did this past season when they were just yeah. eleven. I think eleven and six for the regular season record, which is by yeah. far I think Mahomes' worst uh, record as a starter. Um, so it's yeah, it's as you right, yeah, they, they, they're kind of, it's one of those teams now that they have to kind of set goals for themselves that are basically beyond just um get to the what playoffs. regular team does get to the playoffs, you know, it's, <laughs> it's win the Super Bowl, win the third in a row, or do something spectacular that hasn't been done before. So it's it's yeah, rar- rarefied air, as they say. Um, speaking of unrarefied air, should we move, move on to the uh, the Royals? A frequented air, I guess yeah. we, we would call it. Yes, commonly accessible air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, f- it's full of smog and uh, um, other pollutants in the air. Yeah. Uh, Kansas City Royals. Uh, seems like they've bungled perhaps their bid to build a new downtown stadium even though it seems like maybe it would be in a good place and a you know um what what what's the latest that you've heard uh, on the new uh proposed Royals stadium site so you know they we knew that they were looking at the east village as a potential site that's mostly vacant uh instead it seems like they have chosen uh crossroads area uh, to be their new location. Uh, they'd be taking over the old Kansas City Star building, which has been vacant for quite some time at this point. Uh, it did seem like the site itself was a little bit too small for uh, to ha- to house a stadium. And it turns out that now they've released some renderings of the new site that it is indeed going to be take a lot much larger footprint for the stadium itself. Uh, and we'll be incorporating two different city blocks uh, of that crossroads area will be swallowed, I guess, up in the, uh, in the construction zone uh, and become part of the stadium grounds. Uh, they have not done a very good job at uh, communicating with the uh, business owners and uh, people that are in that, those, those districts and may have created some issues with their voting block that they're going to really need support from in the upcoming election that will be deciding if they uh jackson county will uh, extend uh sales tax to make sure to cover the costs uh several hundred million dollars over the course of the 30 years that they're going to be ha- living in this district so yeah we're gonna have to see how their poor decision making <laughs> and then uh communication with with the community the city the business owners, you know, comes out in this election here coming up in April. So, well, yeah, we'll see. In, ter- in terms of like, way. yeah, in terms of like sight lines and stuff, it seems like this site is a better one because you can kind of see downtown really? through the outfield rather than looking, you know, south uh, east, east at a highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking at the highway or looking at what would have to be new construction going up that are smaller office uh residential buildings rather than you know seeing the downtown uh skyline uh so in some ways that 
that um is a little bit better but yeah we have, you're gonna have to uh, knock down some uh buildings businesses that um in an area that was has been a bit revitalized uh, already um and but you also we have some of the highway and stuff you can build over too so that's some empty space and connecting it maybe that way to you know connecting it to the sprint center with that walkway yeah um, now it's the t-mobile center though mike so it is. oh the t-mobile center i'm yeah, sorry yeah. but the power and light district also is is mm -hmm. you know part of this you know, development for uh you know entertainment district so it's much closer to that than than uh you know than having to fully construct an entirely new entertainment district but it does seem like they could have you know approached some of the uh issues that they're going to face here with the business owners that they're going to be displacing you know saying like oh we'll help you get out of your leases you know they're going to be building this construction of this new park uh that's going to you know they're going to deck over highway 670 the interstate that uh passes underneath uh you know right adjacent to where the park the baseball park will be you know your businesses are going to be disrupted anyway let's help you get relocated. Here's, you know, what you need to get relocated somewhere else immediately. Yeah. So you don't have to deal with any of these issues that are going to come up over the next decade. This is going to take a long time to do this construction project. It is going to be a very, very long, slow construction project. I don't think you really want to be in that area during all of the construction. It's not going to be that fun. For the business. Yeah, it's going to be a headache with, with the highway stuff, especially and. Yeah, maybe they could move into the East Village uh, area. That uh, if they, they would have pitched it like that, I think it, we, we maybe could win over their voting block right away by doing something like that, like a relocation of crossroads to the East Village, right? Just, yeah, just move all of the businesses right there. Yeah, that maybe that's the solution that well, you need well, to pitch to the city, to pitch. city as a new developer, Mike. Okay, I'll, I'll 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 get on that. But uh, we also, but we uh, in the meantime, though, we will talk about the over the next several weeks. We'll talk more about the Royals and their actual on-field product, including next week. We'll talk about their pitching staff, uh, their starting pitchers. Uh, over the next four weeks, uh, we're going to uh, talk about the Royals during spring training because spring training has already begun. Uh, in our, uh, I believe, and they are in Surprise, Arizona. Um, if the so what was it last year the Royals had a really good spring training and we thought that the team was going to be pretty good if yeah. the Royals have a good spring training this year are you do you are do you think are are you uh once bitten twice shy now are you are you going to be uh fool me once uh shame on uh you fool me twice shame on me type of thing will you think that the any spring training success will, will is that um indicative of any future yeah does that bode well for you? i don't think it i don't think it, i think it's totally irrelevant <laughs> i think we talked about that a lot last year too like if we if we thought it was going to carry over some and it did not carry over like it all. really didn't it was the opposite so maybe if they do terrible but if they do terribly in spring training I, I think that will carry over i do i agree with you i don't <laughs> i don't think there's any way around it i think if they do start bad in spring they'll be bad in the regular season too they are a very different team so i think that's going to be, I think, fun for both of us uh, over the next couple of weeks to like actually see what changes the team's made and see what we expect from these different position groups. 
uh, as we go through the roster. I think it's going to be interesting. So, yeah, we'll have a, a four-week uh, preview for spring training. Uh, first will be the starting pitchers next week, and then the relief pitchers, the bullpen, and then we'll go with the infielders and then the outfielders to wrap things up. Uh, and that should be done before the season starts. And then we can probably also talk, talk about expectations and things like that and maybe some other major, major league baseball issues since we're kind of transitioning from football into baseball season. But March as well would probably be the – you know, kind of lead up to the NFL draft as well. And maybe we'll we'll kind of sort some of the Chiefs issues out and kind of see where some of the free agents are are, are signing and uh, or leaning to be signed, uh, things like that. So we have a lot of cool things planned for the next several weeks here at the Warning Track Power. We'll have basketball conference tournaments and, and the uh, March Madness will be coming up too. So we'll be probably doing maybe some betting. Uh, you can do March Madness betting we did last time. Yeah. And then eventually it'll be the, I guess, NBA finals which were playoffs, which we talked a little bit about last year since uh, yeah. we don't really care about the NBA until it gets to be the playoffs. Right. Or, yeah. or, or, or college basketball until it gets to be the uh, March Madness. Yeah. Yes. But My iPhones are up to the ranked sixth in the country, Mike. Very, very impressive. They, I think they lost to Houston. They did lose them, right? They got they got uh, the sixth ranking and then immediately lost the game. Yes, but Houston's one of the top teams, and they and it shows. I guess the the Big Twelve is really a great basketball conference right now, and probably will actually only get better with Arizona uh, coming into the league next year. Yeah. So it's maybe the premier basketball conference in uh, in the country. So you know that's interesting and fun to and fun to keep track of. Uh, is the is the is the Big Twelve tournament is is it at the T-Mobile Center this year? I believe so. I haven't heard otherwise. <laughs> yeah, well, I think so. Well, well, we will talk about all those things in in coming weeks. But uh, I think I think we'll right now uh, we'll also talk about more of the UFL uh, in coming weeks. Uh, well, we gets to start maybe we will. <laughs> i don't know i don't know if you're a roughnecks or a renegades or a battle hawks or uh i can't uh other uh i can't remember what the other team's names are uh defenders defenders yeah they're all they're all uh exciting i'm out i don't remember anymore <laughs> <laughs> they're all very excited one showboats maybe i don't know uh yeah. But they're all very going to be very exciting. We'll see. We'll see if uh, any of these players in the UFL are going to be future Chiefs stars, like Chris uh, Oladokun uh, from uh, USFL. Was he USFL or XFL? I think, I think uh, USFL, but I'm not sure. Um, but we'll we'll find out, and we'll see what how the Chiefs roster shapes up and all those things. Uh, and this as the season. A season four of the Warren Trek Power Hour uh, carries on. Um, do we have anything else to add, Dr. Scott? All right, that's it for this week. All right, well, uh, we'll uh, we'd like to uh, thank you for your years of patronage here at the Warren Trek Power Hour. Uh, this is our fourth season now. We've had, we had, I think, 51 episodes in season three. So every week but one where I took the bar exam, we had uh, a new uh episode and so we're going to try to keep that keep that run going for as long as we can uh here at the at the at the power hour uh but uh we will we will uh see you guys again 
next week either via our uh our uh, youtube channel or our or our, or our podcasts uh so as always i am dr michael warman esquire he is dr andrew scaff no esquire we are the warning trek power hour please like and subscribe to our youtube channel or our podcast and uh until next week uh we hope we hope uh you guys have uh i don't know if there's you can find something to gamble on uh if it's what you know regular season college basketball or 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 the nba or maybe a russian ping pong or something like that uh that was Hopefully spring when, training, right? Do you remember when or do you remember Russian oh spring training games? Yeah. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember when Russian ping pong was the thing you could bet on? This no. was during COVID. Like when COVID everything was shut down, no. they only had like Russian uh table tennis as <laughs> things you could bet on. And like and it, it seemed like it was rigged and and uh, but hmm. that was what the real uh inveterate uh uh degenerate gamblers were betting on was was blocking like to russian, russian table tennis uh yeah. during during because i guess they weren't they weren't following any of the covid protocols or maybe they i guess you can wear a mask while you're playing uh table tennis but yeah. um anyway so hopefully you can find something better than russian table tennis to bet on uh and uh until next week we will bid you a good day <laughs>